go back to Africa sounds more like a plan these days than it does an insult. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome back. Shalom, my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Jacob's Seed Podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to join me right here on the podcast. I'm glad you decided to hang out with your favorite podcaster, Yermayahu Yasharel. Um, listen, before we get on to this, uh, this, this podcast episode, I want to remind you to share this episode, to subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, as well as sharing this episode with all your family and your friends on whatever social media platform that you use that will be greatly appreciated. Listen, I want to highlight another Israelite business. The name of the business is 12 Tribes Beard Oil. 12 Tribes Beard Oil. Um, it's a sister in the truth that produces this, I believe, from her home. I bought, I have bought and purchased um, my own package of the shampoo and the oil. And let me tell you, it smells good. It feels good. It keeps your scruffy beard uh, molded as well as shining when you walk out in these streets. You can find her on social media um, on Instagram. That's where I found her. Instagram. Uh, at Curly Locks, C-U-R-L-E-E Locks. That's Curly Locks on Instagram. Or you can go straight to the website, 12tribes.storeenvy.com. That's 12tribes.storeenvy.com. She has a whole care package. You can get the beard oil. You can get the shampoo as well as a beard comb all for $30. Or you can buy all the products separately. Brothers and sisters. Let's get into this episode. Moving to Africa. Have you thought about it? Has it crossed your mind? Have you fantasized about it? It is the opposite of coming to America. So we're not trying to get to Queens, right? We're trying to get back to the motherland. Um, me and my wife have vaguely discussed it over these past months just as not even as a dream, just as in passing, like a what if. But as the climate continues to change here in these United States of America, um, like I said, it's starting to become more of a plan in a in a real idea that that some of our brothers and sisters are starting to put on wax, starting to put on paper, um, and some of them are actually executing this plan. And going back to Africa, we even have um, some of the African nations uh, like Ghana, who has started this year of return. Um, so pretty much reversing um, the, um, the the doorway of no return that a lot of our ancestors passed through um, the last time they would ever see anything that resembled freedom when they passed through that door of no return onto um, ships that would eventually sell them into slavery. They would eventually have children. Those children would have children and those kids would have kids. And now you're sitting here listening to this podcast. I'm sitting here producing and hosting this podcast and talking about returning to the very place that we were excommunicated from uh, because of our disobedience that was predicted in Deuteronomy chapter 28. 
Um, there's a lot that the country of Ghana is doing. They even, I believe, hold a parade or a ceremony every year asking for forgiveness um, for selling their brothers and sisters um, into slavery. Um, so even that in itself is another story, I guess, another instance where it's proven that Africans did not sell Africans. Right. They're apologizing for selling a people um, that were not their own um, into slavery and welcome, welcome, welcoming us back to the land in which um, their ancestors excommunicated us from. But again, nothing angry because we know that the Torah tells us that uh, once we acknowledge our sins, the sins of our fathers and accept our punishment. Um, then the Most High would hear from us. He would heal our land and allow us to go back home. We know Ghana. We know Nigeria. We know uh, South Africa and Kenya. Those are not our homes. Uh, we know that Canaan is our home, and that's the place that we yearn for the most um, to be able to go back home in a place that we can call our own um, and serve the Most High on Mount Zion and all those good things. And all those good things will happen um, and hopefully happen soon and in our time. But until then... A lot of our brothers and sisters have decided to make that move back to the continent of Africa. Um, and, a, and a lot of things go into factor there. So uh, you have a lot of African-American uh, women, uh, so-called African-American women moving back to the continent, um, leaving their corporate jobs because they feel like they can no longer move up that corporate ladder uh, because of sexism, because of racism, uh, being a so-called black female in corporate America is is a tough thing to do. Being a black male in corporate America is a tough thing to do. Um, we can look at um, I also have another podcast called uh, No Filter with Yemi Yahoo. Yasharel, you can look that up and subscribe to that as well. That's just uh, uh, kind of a podcast similar to this one, uh, but it doesn't laser in on necessarily um, Torah living or Israelite life. It's more for a broader audience, still talking about the same things, um, but using different terminology. Um, and also there's a lot of our brothers and sisters out there. See, my, my purpose is just to waken up our brothers and sisters. And there's a lot of them out there, uh, especially in the Christian church, uh, that's not going to listen to a podcast called Jacob Seed Podcast. Um, and that is unapologetic about um, sharing about Israelite culture um, and uplifting and encouraging my Israelite brothers and sisters. Um, I do the same in the other podcast is just a little bit more subtle and um, at the same time dropping gems for them to hear so they can they can go and investigate for themselves whether or not their faith is true or man made. And also just um, highlighting um, how awesome of a people that we are as well as that on that podcast as I do on this one. But anyhow, on that podcast, I did an episode called. Is it time to forgive Bill Cosby? You can go check that out. Um, the link would be in my Instagram. Um, the link would be in my Instagram, Yermiyahoo15. Uh, follow me on Yermiyahoo15 on Instagram. You can find that link or on Twitter as well. Or uh, type in Yermiyahoo15 on Facebook. You can also find the link there. But anyhow, I talk about the huge gap between... African-Americans and whites when it comes to sentencing as well as jail time. Um, how many of them are in prison? So on average, and this is from, I forgot the exact, this is some kind of 
organization that that tracks these things. I forgot the exact name of it. Again, you can go listen to that podcast. Uh, but it pretty much said in, in America, America has the largest prison population in the world, which most of us already know that on average, 666 people out of 100,000 are in prison in America. So out of 100,000 people, 666 of them are in prison. That is that is a national average for whites, um, so-called white people out of 100,000 people, 450 of them are in prison. And out of uh, the so-called African-American community, out of 100,000 of them, 2,306 of them are in prison. I don't have paper in front of me. I rememberize these stats because they are so egregious. Why, why, why mention that? I mention that because we have a horrible justice system when it comes to African-Americans. We have a lot of innocent African-Americans on death row. Um, all praises to the most high that some of them actually got out of death row um, because um, they had they either had an ally or the justice system reviewed their case and realized that it was just crazy and erroneous. And these people are innocent there. And there are many that have slipped through the cracks, many of innocent black male and females that are on death row that have been murdered and are innocent of the crime that they were convicted of or the crime that they have committed does not warrant death, does not warrant life, does not warrant 25 years of their life, does not warrant 30 years, 70 years, all these crazy sentencings that we are getting um, for crimes that white people are, are convicted of the same crimes or get less sentencing. Or sometimes white folks commit the same exact crime and get off from it. They get off from it and we don't. That's another reason a lot of us are making that trip and making these plans a reality to move to the continent of Africa. Now, don't be illusioned. We are still in captivity. You cannot escape that by moving to a whole nother different continent. You will still be governed by somebody else's laws, by somebody else's cultures and by somebody else's worldview. Um, the scriptures tell us that those who endure to the end are saved. So a flight to Africa will not save you. Your endurance to the end and your dedication and your discipline to following the laws, statutes and commandments while holding on to the testimony of Yahshua is what saves you. Not going to another continent, but going to another continent can relieve some of the headaches um, that we have in this continent, one, including prison population and being wrongfully convicted of all these crimes being overlooked for uh, promotions in corporate America when you can go over to the continent and start your own business. Um, also violence um, uh, unbeknownst to popular belief or what the media may tell you um, there is a lot of countries in Africa who are less violent than the country, this country here, the United States of America, they will continue to paint the whole continent as a violent continent. And we know that's just not true. So we have business opportunities. We have um, safety. Um, we have being treated with dignity. Um, uh, and as for me, as a Israelite father raising three uh, young girls, and even if I was raising um, young men, it wouldn't make a difference. I um, and you can do this, too, in the States. Um, but I just think it would be a better experience 
and I could be wrong because I've never been I, I haven't been over there to do this, but um, to, to, to own my own land, um, to farm that land, um, to live off that produce, both uh, monetarily and bodily, which means I'm eating what I'm growing and I'm also selling what I'm growing to make a profit. Now, can I do that um, here in the States? Absolutely. Um, but there you have a little bit more freedom to live as the scriptures have commanded us to live, um, to embrace husbandry, farming, in which uh, second address or not second address, um, the wisdom of, of Syrac, um, Ecclesiasticus would tell us that that is what that's that's one of the things that the most high has made us for. Right. Um, husbandry. So there's so much that goes into the possibilities of moving to um, the continent. But one thing that I do want to get out the way before I get into some of these articles, I do have some articles in front of me of uh, some people who have moved some of our people who have moved to the continent and they have a few tips for us. Uh, before we get there on what to do, what not to do, what to expect, what not to expect. But before I get to that, I want to read Second Timothy uh, chapter one, verse seven. And most of us know this for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. We never want to make decisions based off of fear. So if your decision to leave these United States and go anywhere is based off of fear. I don't care if you're trying to go to Ghana or you're trying to go to Sweden. If it's based off of fear, it's still not going to work. Um, even Revelations tells us that uh, the coward will not make it into uh, the kingdom of heaven. Having fear is a sin, ladies and gentlemen. Over and over in the scriptures, it tells us to be girded up. It tells us to take courage. It tells us not to fear. Um, it tells us to be sound and disciplined um, and also to walk in love. Right. Because we know when we walk in hatred or in anger, number one, it clouds our judgment. We can't have sound judgment without that. Um, also, um, in love, we don't make decisions out of fear. Love drives out all fear. So please do not whatever decisions you make um, and you, you may not even want to move to of the continent. And that's fine. So this is not a podcast trying to encourage anybody to move to the continent. Uh, but it is a podcast episode in which if you were thinking about it, um, here are some people who have done it and given us um, a roadmap, uh, uh, um, so to say, um, on how to move there or some some tips on what to do before you move there. Right. Um, but whatever you do in life, I don't care if it's moving to a new continent. I don't care if it's searching for a job. If it's starting a business, um, if it's starting a ministry or whatever it may be, never make any decisions based on fear because it will always end badly for you. Always be in prayer and make every decision based on faith and based on the love you have. Number one, for the most high in his son. Number two, for your family and yourself. All right. So I wanted to get that out the way before we get into these things. So um, I have two articles here. One is in Forbes and it's entitled want to move to Africa. Follow these three tips from someone who did. 
Um, whether drawn by movements such as the year of return, excited by the entrepreneurial opportunities presented by growing a middle class or tired of living in a country where the system discriminates against them. Many African-Americans are moving to Africa. It is estimated that there are as many as 5000 African-Americans living in the city of um, Asar. I always pronounce that wrong. Ghana. It is the capital of Ghana. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. Even before this episode, I had my iPhone speak it to me like 500 times, and I know I still messed it up, but that's okay. Um, Asar Ghana, A-C-C-R-A. Similar movements can be seen with Canadians and Europeans of African descent, one generation or many removed from living on the continent, choosing to move to Africa. Forget for a moment the differences in culture and amenities between North America, Europe, and Africa, and just imagine putting an ocean and a $1,000 plus flight between you and your family and friends and lived experience it is a decision that can be taken that that can be taken lightly. But if you are considering it, take these three tips from Viola Lobby, a first generation Canadian Guyanan who moved to Guyana to start her company. So the first tip that um, Viola gives is first, you should go into stages. And I hear, I hear this a lot. I follow a family that moved to Guyana, Guyana on YouTube. They're called Native Born. That's, that's the name of their um, YouTube page. It's a, uh, a father and a mother. I believe they have like six or seven children. Um, and they moved from Connecticut to Ghana. And it kind of chronicles their stories um, and their ups and downs. So that would probably be interesting to watch if you are interested in moving to the continent. So anyway, she says, first, you should do this in stages. Come for a visit before you come for a longer stay and come from a longer stay before you move. This is especially perma uh, uh, permanent for entrepreneurs more than business people supported by corporate relocation plans. So the difference is if you're an entrepreneur, and I think most people that are moving there are entrepreneurs. I don't think you have to be, um, but I think a lot of people are. If you're an entrepreneur, you're obviously you're, just, you're on your own. So uh, what you want to do, just as you did before you came to this truth, do a lot of research. Do a lot of research. You just don't want to move. And you, and you would do that if, like, for instance, I live in Memphis. Um, even going down um, three hours to my east to live in Nashville, I would have to do a lot of research. I can't just pick up my family and move three hours um, to my east without doing some research. So you definitely can't just pick up your family and move 3000 miles to the east without doing some research. Uh, the cities, the neighborhoods, the governments, the rules, the regulations, the laws, um, customs, 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 customs. I hear is always a headache when especially moving to, moving anywhere outside the United States. Getting your things from the United States to this new country is always a headache no matter where you live. So you want to know the custom laws. You want to know how um, how soon you can get a visa, how long that would take. Um, I would even encourage if you're really thinking about moving uh, to the continent, I would encourage you before you even go or if you have been. Um, but before you even think about taking that move, I would find um, an African embassy here in the States. Um, and I'm sure there's one in DC. I'm sure there's one in New York. Um, if you don't live close to those places, um, it, those plane tickets will be cheaper than actually going all the way to Africa first and get as much information as you can and study up on it before you actually go over there. Right. 
Um, and then obviously if you're, uh, she's talked about the corporate relocation. So if you're, if you're somebody who has a corporate job and they're really relocating you there, they're probably going to pay for your expenses and your family's expenses. But for the most part, that's not a lot of our cases. Um, it says second, her second, um, recommendation is to manage your expectations. She says it is hard to leave behind the small conveniences that make your life easy without you even realizing it. When you arrive in a country like Ghana, it's then that you notice that their ambiance and begin to make comparisons. But Labby says, Labby says, you must take off your imperial hat. Forget this is how they do it in Toronto or Memphis or Detroit or wherever um, that wherever you're from. Uh, you need to be black and white in your affirmations and standards, but gray in the way you operate. Simply put, you need to be flexible. So if you're somebody that's rigid, stuck in your ways, love the way life is right now, you might not want to make that move. And you might want to check yourself because that's probably a red flag that you are probably you have your feet and your heels too deep into Babylon. All right. So our job and our goal is to come out of Babylon, to be separate, um, to be set apart, to live a set apart life. Um, our lives should not look like our neighbors unless our neighbors are on the same walk with us. Now, obviously, I'm not saying don't go to Walmart um, don't buy your cell phones or whatnot. Um, have ways of communication. Eat your food. Um, but we shouldn't be so in love with this country or any country for that matter that's not Israel um, that we're not ready just to pack up and leave when we need to. Because what does that say about when um, Yahshua comes back and takes us home? Are you going to be a part that says no? Um, I'm loving this, this lifestyle that I have here that I don't want to go with Yeshua. I want to be a part of, I want to acquiesce to somebody else's customs and ideas and plans for my life. Like, no, you want to be somebody who is flexible. Um, someone who, if you have to, you may have lived all your life in the concrete jungle. You may have come from the Bronx. You may have come from the inner city of Memphis, Tennessee. You may have come from the inner city of St. Louis, Missouri, um, from Compton, Watts, L.A. Uh, but what if you had the opportunity to go over to um, Ghana and be an urban farmer or just be a rural farmer? Would you take the opportunity? Uh, would you be flexible enough if you had the opportunity to leave Babylon and get closer to home? Would, would you would you take the opportunity? Um, I'm kind of at the point right now, like I told my wife, I said, man, um, cause planning for something like this takes a while. But if I had the opportunity, somebody gave me the resources tomorrow, Ooh, it'd be really hard to stay here. I would be very tempted and probably would leave this place, um, and go to a Ghana or Nigeria or Kenya or South America or South Africa, excuse me. Um, and be there. So um, even when you get there, make sure that you are flexible, right? It's not about what you did in the States. It's about where you are now. That's what she's saying. And the third tip she has, um, it is critical to be financially ready, right? So we cannot go over there and don't take offense to this now. What I'm about to say, we cannot go over there with a government assistance mentality. I'm going to put it like that. 
the best I can. Now, I'm not saying the people listening to this uh, episode or this podcast is on government assistance, but we know a lot of our people are. And we don't want that same mentality to follow us somewhere new. Uh, When we're coming over to a new continent, especially if we have the opportunity to go to the continent of Africa, we want to be independent. We want to be able to do our own thing. We want to have an entrepreneurial spirit um, so that we can move and we can uh, maneuver in the new places um, how we want. All right. And plus those those different government laws may not um, may not provide like this country provides. Because uh, in my opinion, the whole point for government assistance here is really not to help people, but it's to keep people in a continual, a perpetual state of um, docileness, if that's even a word, to be continually docile um, and also always waiting on the government to help them out. So now the government has become their savior and Yahshua is not their savior um, and to keep people in sleep and in the matrix. That's what the government system is for. Um, so the Republicans are, are, are blatantly trying to kill us and the Democrats are trying to keep us sleep. So neither one of them are for you. Just to throw that in there. That, that was for free. Um, so she said it, it's important to be financially ready. She says, contrary to expectations, life in African cities is expensive. World Bank um, economists find that in African cities, rent is 55 percent more expensive and food is 35 percent more expensive than in comparable non-African cities. So they're talking about the cities. You can always live that rural life if you're about that. I'm from a, <clears throat> I'm from a small town, born in a small town in Illinois, raised in a small town in Illinois um, and moved to the big city of Memphis. So Memphis is the big city to me. Uh, Six hundred and fifty thousand people. I'm from a uh, born in a town of 19,000, raised in a town of 27,000. Um, there are churches in the city of Memphis that are bigger than the whole population of both of those towns combined. Um, so, yes, I'm from a small town. So I think I can rule. I, I can do that rural life. But if you plan on living in a city, just know that according to World Bank, economists found that African cities rent is 55 percent more expensive and food is 35 percent more expensive than in comparable non-African cities. So I don't know what other cities they're comparing them to. I don't know if they're comparing them to New York or they're comparing them to um, New Orleans or comparing it to London or comparing it to Mozambique. I don't I don't know Um, if you don't follow her advice, you'll burn out and go home, warns Labby. But if you stay, you might just have a chance of joining the ranks of people and companies embracing a new contemporary Africa. Um, I have another article here. Is this it? Now my phone wants to freeze up. There you go. See, your phone will freeze up in Africa and it frees up in Memphis too. So it's, let me think here. This is not the article I was actually looking for. There's an article that I had, doggone it. My phone would want to mess up now that I didn't brought it out. Here it goes. Nine things I wish I knew before moving to Africa. I'm not going to go through all nine of these things. I picked out three things that I, that stood out to me um, that I thought would be helpful um, to you all and to myself. Um, so, number one, 
if you are an Apple lover like myself, and maybe uh, let's say there's four things because I just I threw this one here. This stuck out to me because I am an Apple lover. Um, not that I'm an Apple lover, but all my everything that I have is is Apple because I got stuck. If you know anything about the Apple ecosystem, once you're in it, you're kind of stuck in it um, until you just make that move and you just save all your photos and notes and papers and all those things, files, move them over via email to um, Google or Samsung or whatever um, and switch over. But right now I'm kind of stuck in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, but if I move to um, the continent, obviously this, this stuff won't work for me. And I'm completely fine with that. Uh, cause all I need is my Bible and my family and I'm good. So, um, it says MacBooks, iPads for living in Africa, leave them home here in small town, uh, Nabia. And I know I'm pronouncing that wrong too. Nambia, N-A-M-I-B-I-A, Namibia, Nabia. My MacBook and iPhone have turned into the bane of my existence. Outside of capital cities, it's hard to find replacement parts or get repairs on them. And this is the case across the continent. And side note, take it from me, China shop chargers will send your phone into a tizzy. Most Africans are using Windows programs and computers and Samsung phones. So wondering how to move to Africa and stay plugged in? Think twice about your Apple gadgets. Um, so she tells us think twice about Apple gadgets. Um, let's see here. Oh, she talks about um, entrepreneurial life. So she says, no matter where you live in Africa, you will be surrounded by a sea of innovation and development. And with that comes a ton of entrepreneurial opportunities. Several great business opportunities have landed in my lap. However, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur, so the idea of starting a business was terrifying to me. I understand I underestimated myself and missed out on some some potential revolutionary business opportunities. Don't move to Africa to work and be afraid to veer off from the nine to five world. Um, Americans moving to Africa shouldn't be afraid to leave the corporate mindset behind, but also don't move to Africa just to be rich and exploitive. Just know that the entrepreneurship is a way of life here. You've got to grab it by the horns and not look back. So if you go there, don't be scared to start your own business. First of all, see, first of all, what we need to do. If you're thinking about going there, you have to have a shift of mindset because a lot of us have an employee mindset. We love working the nine to five and that's OK because that's where we are right now. But if you were thinking about making that shift to moving to the continent, you need to shift your mind from the nine to five work kind of week um, to an entrepreneurial uh, mind shift. And there's a lot of things on YouTube, um, a lot of things you can just Google from going from nine to five to um, uh, self-employed or going from nine to five to start my own business. You can Google those kind of things and you can look those kind of things up on YouTube. And there's a lot of people um, who've done it and starting businesses and doing great and have a lot of um, advice. I would say don't pay for no seminars and go to that, go through all that foolishness. There's a lot of people giving out free advice, free, good advice for free. You just have to look for it. All right. You got to shop for it. Um, let's see here. She says, moving to Africa as a black foreigner, you may not get the welcoming welcoming you expected. 
Many African-Americans moving to Africa arrive on the continent in a state of utopia. It's like a 400-year late welcome home. The hard truth? I haven't met Africans who didn't quite embrace me. There aren't a huge number of Americans moving to Africa because they say it's only about three to five thousand of us that's, that's moved over there. And sometimes I'm the first African-American they've met. And though we resemble each other, there's slight separation that's hard to ignore. There are centuries of misconceptions and unfamiliarities to comb through. Looking back, there have been some social situations that have left me emotionally drained with disappointment. I wish I had kept my high expectations in check. It would have helped me avoid the blues that came with adjusting into Africa as a black Westerner. So do not go back to the continent thinking that uh, you're about to get the Zamunda welcome. All right. Like Hakeem's wife did in coming to America. You might get a cold shoulder because remember, you are a foreigner in a foreign country now. Um, But we should be used to that. Because you were born a foreigner in a foreign country, whether you want to believe that or not. We're reminded every day that this country was not made for us. It was made by us, but not made for us. This ain't FUBU. By us, for us. It's by us and not for us. All right. Um, So remember when you get over there. Yes, it'll be cool to go back to the motherland and all these other things. uh, But just know that everybody's not going to accept you with welcoming arms. And remember... Just like every other continent, America has done a great PR job on pegging us as violent, as lazy, as second class citizens to the world, including the continent of Africa. Just remember that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, She says some things about English, but we know that um, if you've traveled much. Um, you got to be patient with different dialects of English. Um, this last one, which is true, which a lot of us may not want to want to admit, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, she says, and this is her, her, her final advice, says moving to Africa is exhilarating, but homesickness is inevitable. When I moved to Nambia, I was on a travel high. My old life back in NYC was the last thing on my mind. I mean, I was living in Africa. Life doesn't get much cooler than that. But all travel highs must come to an end. And when mine finally did, I just about fell into a depression. I wish I had mentally prepared myself for the possibility of dealing with homesickness. Because when it hit, it hit hard and I was all the way in Africa, far away from home. When I decided to move to Africa, some research on homesickness prevention and coping strategies would have done me well. Um, she also says there are multiple ways uh, before I get to that. Talk about this homesickness thing. So when we discuss homesickness, um, I'm not talking about uh, being sick. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going if, if I, as much as I um, like living in the city of Memphis, um, as much as I love the relationships that I have made here um, and all that good stuff. It's, it's not that I'm going to miss this country, right? If you move, it's not in our situation. It's not that you may miss living in the States, miss the violence, miss seeing our people continually in hunger and in poverty, uh, shot by cops, um, uh, purposely uh, 
uh, uh, failing schools, putting in your neighborhood, lead in our water that leads to our kids uh, behavior issues down the road, um, uh, uh, baby mortality rates through the roof and all that. We're, we're not going to miss seeing all that. So when I say I would be homesick and a lot of us don't want to admit it, but a lot of us would get homesick, especially if you have a mother and a father or grandparents that raised you that are still living. Um, if you have cousins, if you have uh, friends that you um, are frequent with. Right. Um, you will you will miss those relationships. And it's again. So it's not like if I would move from Memphis to Nashville, which is three hours apart. I can always come back to Memphis and see those friends. I could always come back and see my mother and my father. Uh, but you're moving 3000 miles across an ocean to a whole nother continent. And it costs with me. One plane ticket is a thousand dollars and I have a wife and three, uh, three children. Um, so you're talking uh, three to four thousand dollars just to come back home each and every time. So that's probably a once a year, uh, once every other year type of thing. Uh, my wife obviously also has a mother and father and three siblings that are living um, that she would miss in those relationships. She has friends that she would miss. Um, I have cousins that I would miss. Uh, obviously, I think I said, I said already, my mother, my father, uh, friends that I've made here that you can't just pop up at their home anymore. You can't just hop on the mega bus. You can't just hop on the Amtrak. You can't just hop on JetBlue um, and get there anymore. It's going to cost. It's going to take some time, some planning, some money, um, passports and all that good stuff, even to come back home uh, for a while. So uh, take that into consideration. Um also, you want to be uh, stay mentally stable. Uh, mental health is a huge thing, especially when you're separated from something that you've known all your life. And I know a lot of us try to go hard and say, oh, I'm ready to leave Babylon. But then when we get out of here, we realize how much attached to Babylon we really were. Um, and it really does a mind job to us. So I would excuse me. I would say that we need to be mentally prepared if you're trying to make a move like this. Um Look up some books on coping with uh, separation anxiety, um, homesickness um, and all of those things. And, and the best thing you can do is meditate on the scriptures day and night. Um, that's that's the best way of mental stability is meditating on them scriptures day and night um, so that it can it can erode at the at the sense of fear um, and it can build your faith and your dependency on the most high. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, I myself have not personally visited the continent of Africa. Um, that is one of my bucket list goals that I have. Um, and maybe who knows one day soon, I will be a citizen of a country, um, in Africa, me and my family. Um, so what are your thoughts about it? Have you thought about it? Um, do you plan on going? I know that, um, a guy by the name of Ronald Dalton Jr., um, look him up on Instagram. He's having a conference. I, be, I, be, I believe it's called um, End Time Conference. Hold on. Let me look it up. I want to look it up because I want to give you this information because it's the his conference is um, talking um, ex, um, about being able to buy land in Africa, um, how to get there, um, how to maneuver and all this stuff. So he's going to have guest panelists. Uh, it's called, it's called the end is here. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. This call is, you can get on Eventbrite. It's called the end is here. 
identifying the signs and what is the plan conference. Ronald Dalton Jr. Um, it'll be January 2nd and the 4th. This coming January, the 2nd and the 4th, that's a Thursday through Saturday, 10 a.m. through 6 p.m. Um, it's in Durban Heights, Michigan. So uh, Ronald Dalton Jr., I think if you um, type in Hebrews to Negroes on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I don't think he's on Twitter, um, Facebook or Instagram, he, he would be on there, uh, YouTube as well, um, or you can go to the Negro Network. Let me type it in. I believe it's the Negro Network because I don't want to give you um, the wrong web address. The Negro Network. Hold on. I can't type, y'all. The Negro. There we go. My phone is tripping, y'all. So, yes, it's the Negro Network dot com. Um, and I'm, you can go to you could type on the tab, the little three tab thing. Does he have an event tab? I don't see one on here. He does have a contact tab. Um, so you could probably go to that and see. I'm sure you can stroll down. I'm sure it's on here somewhere um, where it's talking about um, the conference. Um, I happen to see that conference just, just scrolling through. Yep, if you scroll all the way down. Uh, to the web page it's it's at the bottom so it's telling you uh, what it's about where it's going to be at how much it costs uh, it's $25 for Thursday Friday Saturday is free if you registered on Eventbrite and I believe he said something about streaming it as well um, or at least taping it and providing DVDs for it or something like that or, or, or something digital for it I don't know um, but anywho I feel like I'm rambling on right now uh, Go check that out. The Negro Network, Ron Dalton um, on Instagram or Facebook or on YouTube. And this coming up conference on the 2nd and the 4th of January, um, actually directly talking about the things that um, were briefly discussed in this podcast. So if you're thinking about moving to Africa, uh, continent of Africa, country in Africa, um, if or if you have you listen to this podcast and you have uh, uh, moved there, uh, please contact me, uh, jacobc12 at gmail.com. Uh, with some of your comments, questions, um, as well as hit me up on Instagram at Jacob Seed uh, 12 on Instagram or my personal uh, Yamayahoo 15 on Twitter or Instagram as well. And please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. And as always, seek truth, live it out, inform others. Shalom. Mm-hmm.